guys, not welcome back to the Bands and Bipolar podcast. So I have been trying to combat that by not letting people down. I keep I am your committing host, to plans and let's have a little catch up. So Knowing I have that taken I have a little break. Up, the stress of having me go going to court because I don't like want to let the them worst down, especially in the world, the band. worst way possible. Um, I felt like I couldn't as do unbearable until I was as past that point. Feels right now. Anyway, eventually, I did it. it will like I was due in at nine. If I remember, so I got there super early in my life and remember that I did overcome it. I wanted to make a good impression. That is something that will keep me going. That's not how it works. The idea is if I keep putting there for off, five hours overall until eventually and I no longer have the desire to get there until about 10 o'clock so you know, half past it will work. already out the window you could also frame it in someone else as well me. like if you're not so here again, you won't get that help next season of your favourite TV show or you could miss out on listening to some amazing music from artists that you love and ones that you haven't even discovered yet you'll never get to travel because I desperately want to go to you know, there's all these as far as the evidence not and the body cam footage so from the police show. Just bear that you in never mind. actually saw. And me also go easy on yourself. The depression that is part of our bipolar cycle is probably the hardest. Part. If you get what I mean. But eventually, but anyway, you will I'm not find stability again. Because essentially, it's none of this will last mine. And, and however long it takes, you'll wonder how you were ever found functioning so difficult. And try to avoid I things that induce manic episodes as crushing so as the depression is attempting mania will not and help already. it could lead to a it mixed like episode or just worse it's desirable to me I often crave for the mania to come back when I I'm depressed because in comparison it felt amazing and I was actively able to do so many things because it's going to come up on the DBS but in reality as well be honest needless to say I heard absolutely nothing back so, so my for this no podcast, all helplines will be linked in the show notes. Um, you can find the these on Google as well, my contract, but I just want you to be aware that they are there as well. If you um, are in crisis, place that I work please in hospital, your so community in mental health team, your crisis none of those are go criminals, if you have to call one of the helplines. Just please records. don't ever feel um, like this will never so go anyway, away. I talking was from my own experience of going through this over and over and over again. Like it will pass. Panels around, the room was and full lastly, of people who I have no idea what their purpose is. The script when I started was all meditation stuff. Like really how you stop playing was the most important thing. I am just going to check the words count now. Really and we are out of the three thousand hospital. Hospital. Um, Yeah, yeah um, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. 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 I do Home hope that this podcast is agreed that, that you guys will find helpful for three months and then the it last will remind you that you're not alone and I hope it reminds and that is you not, that it's just not going to be doable. It is the 5th of February as of recording this and I already have only £400. My bills are paid but, you know, I'm not going to have any winners so I'm going to have to ring them up and probably sort that out. It is another bridge to cross. 2024 is not giving it to me easy this year. But it's important that despite being unwell at the time of and now, to be responsible um, for myself and for my actions and accept the consequences of those actions and pay the price. 
for the crime that I committed. Whether I agree with that or not, it is what it is. And the criminal justice system doesn't care about our mental health. Um, I'm also thinking of inviting my friend on to discuss this in more detail. Um, she's master's level in criminology and also diagnosed with EUPD and she's doing a thesis on, neuro on neurodivergence within the criminal justice system and I think she would have a lot to add to the conversation. Um, also, during this break, I turned 30 years old. Wow. Didn't think I'd make it this far. My birthday just came and went and I can't believe I have survived 30 whole years. As someone who never thought they'd make it much past 16, it definitely feels like an achievement in itself. And I had such a good time. I did an escape room with my friend. We spent the day in York. It was fun. And um, while I've been gone, I managed to sort out my psychology degree. So I already have a Bachelor of Arts. So it was hard work um, applying for a second bachelor's degree but because I've done bachelor's of arts I just basically can't do another one of them and I did want to do the philosophy and psychological studies course but instead I'm doing a bachelor's of science in psychology because they don't usually fund more than one bachelor's course so just be aware of that in case you want to do like multiple degrees because that really stumped me and for a minute I really thought that I was gonna have no chance of studying psychology. All that being said I am so so glad that January is over and I can move on with my life. It's, I'm gonna be struggling financially but I am looking at PIP and ESA whilst I'm depressed and getting back on my feet but I know they're not particularly easy processes but anyhow let me stop banging on about myself and let's get into today's episode which is going to be focused on my current battle which is depressive episodes and depression. A major symptom and defining factor in bipolar disorder. I won't even be able to say everything that I want to say in just this one episode so I am going to condense it down a bit. Still, as I am particularly miserable at the moment, I figured we should probably have a chat about it, so let's just get into it. So, depression is a main symptom of bipolar disorder. It is one of the defining symptoms within this disorder in combination with either hypomanic or manic episodes. And for me, I definitely find the depression is the hardest to deal with. Growing up depressed was horrific for me and I have spent most of my life feeling depressed at this point and it is common to spend much more time struggling with depression than other symptoms in this disorder. Of course depression comes with its own set of symptoms, you've got tiredness and fatigue, a lack of motivation and if you're anything like me, a desire to do nothing but lay in bed and scroll through TikTok. You may feel worthless and hopeless about the future and wondering if you will ever get better. Depression can last weeks, months or years, making it a potentially very dangerous symptom if left untreated and nobody wants to feel that way for years. So for me it comes in waves. As I go from feeling manic to baseline again, I know at some point it's coming. When the guilt and the shame from my manic actions hit me, when I feel trapped by the terrible financial decisions that I made, 
it all becomes very overwhelming and anxiety inducing. I will desperately try every single time to prolong the mania by being overly productive and still partaking in anything unhealthy that I may be doing. However, I have found that this just leads to a bigger burnout and a much worse depressive episode. So depression can feel circumstantial and the things we did whilst manic probably do make it more difficult but bipolar cycles in nature what goes up must come down and it is inevitable the depression will catch up with you your life could be going somewhat well and suddenly your mind starts hitting you with these negative thoughts and maybe you don't have a particular reason to feel depressed and yet you feel empty and lost and some people still manage to function with depression. They go to work and present as if they're not a hollow shell of themselves and others can't manage. I can only cope for so long before getting out of bed becomes so much of a chore and slogging through work every day only further burns me out. I can only manage for so long before my cognitive abilities are impaired and I begin feeling unable to cope with work, relationships and personal responsibilities. I'm functioning or not, one is not less severe than another. Depression has a wide variety of symptoms which all affect us very differently and our personalities and experiences can exacerbate some symptoms more than others. Depression in bipolar can also be accompanied by dissociation, delusions, paranoia and psychosis. Another factor in bipolar depression can be mixed episodes which are a state of mania and depression coinciding with one another, usually accompanied by the aforementioned symptoms. For me, I tend not to have mixed episodes only once, in which I ended up under Section 136 of the Mental Health Act and spent all night in A&E and waited about 14 hours for the crisis team to see me. Fun times! But even during my depressive episodes, I can become quite paranoid and feel like people are out to get me. It does usually subside with the depression for me, but for some it can spiral into psychosis and in this case is best treated in a hospital. Now entering a depressive state can come with a lot of denial. Denying your successes and achievements, feeling like you're not good enough, yet also not ill enough. If I don't actively want to kill myself, I can't possibly be depressed enough to seek support. I begin going out less, isolating myself from friends and family, eating more or less and having no interest in my prior hobbies. And it happens so quickly you may not even notice how badly you slumped into depression. Maybe you can't even get out of bed. And it's not laziness or uselessness and it's important to recognise that feeling unable to do anything is depression. It took me way longer than necessarily to realise just how depressed I was because I kept denying it and not dealing with it. And as well as denial, it can also feel like grief. I had truly changed my life from a depressed junkie to a stable person who was actively in treatment for addiction. Now I feel like I'm back to square one. 
Now, my last severe depressive episode was around 2013. I barely left the house for two years. I had let the depression envelop me and trap me into a state of agoraphobia. And when depression comes back around like this, it can feel like a familiar friend. And it is not unusual to seek comfort in the misery and the isolation that comes with it. Becoming comfortable, though, affirms any unhealthy coping mechanisms that you once had. I used to pop diazepam to get through the day. It was all I knew back then, since wanting to not die but also not exist was a big part of my existence at that time. I would spend all day blacked out and sleeping as much as possible. You know, maybe let's drink or use drugs. Maybe you self-harm in various forms and it can feel like a good form of escapism at that time. And that isn't to say that it's a good idea, but it's how we cope when we lack the skills and knowledge to cope with depression more healthily. I'm going to touch on this more in a later podcast, as I do want to do separate episodes on addiction and self-medication, as it's a hugely important topic with a terrible stigma and it is easier for depression to enable our unhealthy coping mechanisms be it drugs alcohol or self-harm or even other things you know maybe you are engaging in sex and not being careful maybe you are putting yourself actively at risk there are so many unhealthy coping mechanisms now I can't speak for everyone, but the same patterns I watch for in my manic states are ones I really need to apply to depression as well. I need to keep an eye on myself. Notice these patterns in yourself. Try to resist the urge to use these unhealthy coping mechanisms and remember that you're not alone in dealing with this and that the thoughts and feelings you're currently facing aren't permanent. They are just part of your condition. So it's all well and good talking about depression, but what can we actually do about it? When it feels like all you can physically do is lay in bed, surrounded by pizza boxes, and let yourself rot away binging Netflix series after Netflix series, it is so much easier to succumb to this idea of depression than it is to fight it. I remember being so depressed, and all I did was play The Sims. The whole town had storylines, characters were all interconnected in some sort of way, and there was so much drama in my town. The town was built to perfection, and it was the only outlet I had at that time. Alongside the handfuls of diazepam, I spent my time sat at my PC, curtains drawn, smoking weed all day, and snacking whilst letting my sims live their best lives and I thought it was great. I thought I was having fun but I was just existing and I was living vicariously through my perfect sims lives. They had good jobs, lots of friends, family, beautiful homes. Meanwhile I'm sat in the dark in my one bed council flat secretly wishing life was as easy as it is for a sim. Treating depression is tough. Getting yourself out of depression is tougher. So antidepressants are a common treatment for depression. They can be useful for many of us. 
However, for an equally large portion of us, antidepressants are a catalyst for mania or mixed episodes and are much more damaging than they are helpful. And then there are people like me who find most of them seem to do nothing at all. Except for sertraline, this is the exception. This was my first antidepressant and that shit sent me so manic I next a bottle of whiskey and some unknown pills at 7am asked my dad's friend to have sex with me which i don't remember smashed my fist through a glass window and got a chunk of my leg bitten off by a dog crazy times <laughs> shit like this is truly why i need to write a book anyway maybe you find antidepressants a godsend or at least kind of useful and if you do that's great and i'm insanely jealous and sometimes, accompanied with mood stabilizers and antipsychotics, they can work fantastically. It's just about finding a good fit for you. We are all different, we've all got different brain chemistry, so what works for someone might not work for another. It's all about finding what's best for you. So, the isolation that comes with depression kind of sucks. Like the above in my Sim Zero, I was ignoring messages from my close friends and cutting off that communication is never a good idea. Talking in general is often said to be one of the things that is most helpful, whether it's to your doctor, a helpline, a friend or family member. Keeping the lines of communication as open as you can is something that can be greatly beneficial. Don't ever be ashamed to ask friends or family for support, even with things like household tasks like cleaning. I am so thankful to have a friend who always offers to help me clean up when I'm depressed and never judges me for the mess. It can be hard sometimes to talk to those who know you and if you're finding it hard to confide in those that are close to you, sometimes talking it out with a stranger can be helpful. There are so many helplines available to call at any time. Don't be afraid of what to say. You can speak confidentially with them and just get things off your chest. They can also point you in helpful directions as well. And I will provide some useful helplines in the show notes. So make sure to check them out if you're interested. Um, your doctor is also not an enemy in this. They are trained to deal with all sorts of health issues, including mental health issues. Maintaining good communication with your doctor is so important in treating this condition and its symptoms. If you are able to access care from the community mental health team, do it. If you're not under the community mental health team, I'm not, despite seven referrals that have all been rejected, then maintain communication with your GP who may be able to refer you to their secondary care services. And if you're on medication, sometimes an adjustment or change in medication could help ease the depression. If you're able to get therapy, that can be helpful. Unfortunately, it's not easily accessible to everyone in the UK and my apologies that this has all been very UK-centric, but either way, your doctor can be really helpful and help in various ways you may not be able to do yourself. They can make certain referrals for you and they can put you in touch with people that can help. And of course, there's always the option to go private if you have 
that available to you it is very expensive but it can be worth it if you can afford it but they are there to help and although it can be a task and feel like a huge obstacle just try to pick up the phone and reach out do it when you have that energy if it helps pause this and go pick up the phone right now Whilst professional help is usually the best route, there are things we unfortunately have to do to help ourselves. Now, I am going to give some cliche advice, but I promise for some people it does work. Others not so much, but if you do it like the small way like I do, it can be helpful. So I've never been active. I don't play sports. I don't go to the gym. I don't go running. I do, however, love a walk in the countryside. Many doctors will advise exercise and physical activity, but in my almost catatonic state of depression, there can be no chance. Sometimes there's just no chance. I'm not going to recommend you go out and do a 10k run or buy an expensive gym membership that you'll never use. I will, though, recommend just a 10-minute walk. You know, put this podcast on, any podcast music or an audio book that you like. Go for this short 10-minute walk. Try to walk for the whole podcast if you can. If it helps, focus on the sound rather than your surroundings. I live on a very anxiety-inducing main road and it helps if I just focus on listening to what the person is saying rather than people observing me from their cars or perceiving me in any way. Maybe even pick a destination that's close by. You know, if you've got a coffee shop down the road, go treat yourself. If it's a nice day, maybe go to the park and just sit on the grass for a while. Getting out more becomes easier with time. It's just getting past the front door that's the challenge. I spent, you know, like two years with agoraphobia and I really had to ease myself out slowly. And these short 10-minute walks really, really helped. And maybe while you're out, go and see your friends and family. Spending time with loved ones can be so nice, you know. Do activities together, talk about life, invest in their lives to keep your mind off your problems for a while. That is if you have the capacity. Sometimes other people's problems can weigh quite heavily on you, but just maintaining these relationships and spending time with people does help. Even if it's just for that day, it's another day that you've made it through. And if you don't feel like talking, even just writing down your feelings on paper can be a great outlet. I've mentioned it before, but journaling is a great mindfulness tool that allows you to pinpoint specific triggers in your day-to-day -day life, particular symptoms you're struggling with, and any negative thought patterns. Be optimistic with your journaling. It helps me to just allow my mind to reel off anything and everything that's on my mind, leaving me feeling much clearer after not just so in my mind but also in my direction it always sounds very cliche but i promise it can actually be helpful and make these things part of your day if you can you know the 10 minute walk the journaling try and make it part of your day try and find some sense of balance and routine any sort of routine will help with your depression 
doing nothing and keeping your mind empty will only exacerbate depression. Depression likes to dwell and relive negative experiences. It likes to put you down. It likes to shame you until it feels like you can't escape it. Try not to let it fester and instead put your mind into anything. During this recent depressive episode, one thing I've done each day is my hair and makeup. You know, if you look good, you feel good. I don't know, but it does help me even if I'm not going anywhere. Even things that may seem small are better than doing nothing. You know, playing a video game. Maybe not to the extent I did in my two-year Simston, but, you know play a couple of levels, cook yourself a nice meal, maybe tidy a section of your room, do a puzzle, any activity that will keep your mind busy. Make sure to keep moving, just getting up out of bed each day is absolutely essential. You know, get up to go to the bathroom and then while you're in the bathroom, you know, brush your teeth while you're there. Even if you're sat on the toilet brushing your teeth, like, it's still getting done. And these might sound like such simple and easy things to do, but depression can be paralysing. It can make everyday things like this feel impossible at times. I had to hype myself a good half hour the other day just to go and get a snack. And as I said in previous episodes too, alongside journaling and routine, just things like mindfulness, meditation, engaging in hobbies, starting new hobbies, and making sure you find ways to express yourself. It is theorised that people with bipolar are more likely to be creative and our different mood states can affect our levels of creativity. I am not exactly creative, but I do love writing. I love writing these podcast scripts. I like writing essays and informative pieces and random creative works. I'm not amazing by any means, but I'll give myself a bit of credit. And I have seen some amazing works of art, poems, stories, music from people with bipolar disorder. We can express ourselves through all these mediums. And just like journaling, it's a good way to put our feelings into something physical so just as I explained with the differentiation between me when I'm manic versus me when I'm stable there's also something to be said about depress me as always I try to maintain the separation from myself and my symptoms yes I'm going through a depressive episode and may not be the normal version of myself but I am still the real me underneath and this is just a, a representation of my disorder there is a distinct difference between me and my symptoms although they present through me in a physical sense I am not me when I'm depressed I don't know if that quite made sense but as I said in the previous episode, was try and create some separation from yourself and the symptoms. And whilst depression can be all-consuming, the way it makes us feel, act and perceive the world is different and a completely different experience from when we're stable. Like, I have done some gross things because of depression. Those are not things that I would do when I'm stable. I am so vastly different when I'm depressed. It can be like I'm a completely different person, but just in the same body. Depression is often accompanied by thoughts of not being enough and letting people down and being a disappointment. So I have been trying to combat that by not letting people down. I keep 
committing to plans with people and knowing that I have that coming up keeps me going because I don't want to let them down, especially in the worst way possible. As unbearable as everything feels right now, eventually it will pass. If I remember every worst point in my life and remember that I did overcome it, hopefully that is something that will keep me going. The idea is if I keep putting off anything like that until eventually the depression subsides and I no longer have the desire to not exist, you know, it will work. You could also frame it in other ways as well, like if you're not here, you won't get to see the next season of your favourite TV show, or you could miss out on listening to some amazing music from artists that you love, and ones that you haven't even discovered yet. You'll never get to travel to that country that you want to go to. You know, there's all these things that you'll miss out on if you're not here. So, just bear that in mind. And also go easy on yourself. The depression that is part of our bipolar cycle is probably the hardest part. But eventually you will find stability again. None of this will last forever. And in however long it takes, you'll wonder how you ever found functioning so difficult. Try to avoid things that induce manic episodes. As crushing as the depression is, attempting mania will not help. It could lead to a mixed episode or just worsen your depression. I often crave for the manias to come back when I'm depressed because in comparison it felt amazing and I was actively able to do so many things. But in reality, stability is what we need and that's where we need to be. So for this podcast, all helplines will be linked in the show notes. You can find these on Google as well, but I just want you to be aware that they are there as well. If you are in crisis, please call your community mental health team, your crisis team, go to A&E if you have to, call one of the helplines. Just please don't ever feel like this will never go away. Talking from my own experience of going through this over and over and over again, it will pass. And lastly, I just want to say that this was extremely heavy. The script when I started was already 2,000 words. I am just going to check the word count now and we are at 3,500, so that's fantastic. I actually ended up editing this so much because there was so much that I wanted to say and there's definitely more that I want to say and I will make another podcast in the future addressing you know more issues along these lines but I do hope that this podcast is something that you guys will find helpful it will remind you that you're not alone and I hope it reminds you that things do get better (laughs) 